All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 71 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. My name is Josh Cannon. I'm here with Mike. How are you doing, Mike? Could be better. Got some stupid cold from some stupid person at college. I don't know who it is, but whoever it is, fuck you. Anyway, um, it's even uh, stranger about this cold thing. Uh, I know, you're like, oh, I was talking about random uh, nonsense again, as usual. Uh, but this you know, time, I wanted I, I... to like this podcast. I really did. I wanted to <laughs> like it, but the, the the two hosts just sound like two <laughs> immature frat boys. And you know what? We decided to bring on some more immature <laughs> frat gr- sorority girls. I guess it would be not frat boys. What the fuck? I've already fucked it up. We're not doing a take two. We have Liz and Samantha from Perhaps It's You podcast. How you doing, ladies? Why hello. We're doing pretty good. We're a little cold. We're in we're in the great state of Minnesota and the thing about podcasting in Minnesota is you can't have the heat on. So we're we're wrapped in quilts right we now. Are, yes, we are. At Liz's <laughs> kitchen table. Well, you guys have but the luxury, good. You guys have the uh, luxury of uh, doing the podcast like you're actually physically in the same room together, right? Yes, I make Samantha drive to my house every weekend to talk to me. It's a little bit cruel. I commute to Minneapolis for this podcast every weekend. It's all right. It's only, it's not that far. Oh, do you guys not live in the same city? No. No, I live in a suburb of St. Paul. So the Twin Cities have a lot of surrounding suburbs. I'm a little bit north of, of where Liz lives, but that's all right. Oh, wow. Well, thank you for driving to her to talk to us. In order to talk to you. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Podcasting is so complicated, folks. So you we guys. put a lot of work into this. You guys do a podcast called Perhaps dot 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 it's you um which is uh kind of a famous thing that robert stat well i don't know if it's famous it's famous in my eyes damn it uh <laughs> it's, it's eyes too. yeah yeah it's something that robert stack says uh, he actually doesn't say that phrase as much as i thought he did because i was like oh that's a funny name for a podcast because you know he says that and as i'm watching the unsolved mysteries i'm like Man, he really doesn't say that as much as I thought he did. But anyway, he says it at the end of uh, pretty much every early episode. Oh, is like it the early, early ones? Earlier seasons. Ah, yeah. Okay. And we're watching in order, so we we unlike you guys, we we watch the Amazon episodes that are have been released this year. So we started with the very early ones, the like the specials that even like predated. Yes. The, yeah. Well, the actual we TV talked show. about some of the specials too, and we also talked about some of the. Uh, specials, uh, episodes, segments that were not on uh, Amazon, but surprisingly, oh. there's a good amount of segments that are not on Amazon, and we're actually going to talk about one of them today. Yeah, um, you know, the funny thing is, is, like, when we started doing our podcast back in, like, mid-2016, there was, was no... It was like the forbidden fruit. It was the forbidden fruit. Like, we were... <laughs> That's really what it was. Well, there was there was no even talks of bringing unsolved mysteries no. back to Amazon Prime. No, like, no one was even no. like mentioning that. That wasn't even a thing. We were kind of saying something like it. Like we were kind of saying, why don't they bring it to Netflix or Amazon or something like that? You know? Yeah. Do you so think they heard you? It probably happened because of you, then. You know, well, I, I highly doubt it since uh, Josh got a cease and desist letter uh, from uh, John and Terry. We did hear so. about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. might not be their their favorite people i can at we, least say they know who we because are because of that letter we we try to really err on the side of caution 
We, we yeah, we appreciate yeah, the, we appreciate what that. you went through because <laughs> we, we really try not to get a cease and desist letter. Well, <laughs> as as the as the savior of the unsolved mysteries podcast, I was crucified for all of y'all, all of the sins of any other unsolved all mysteries podcasters. Sins. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I was Definitely. crucified for all of y'all sins, so you better remember that. <laughs> it's cool. It just gave me an ulcer for like a month or two. I mean, you know, no big deal. Like, you know, I had sure. their, I had their lawyer emailing me, going, "I still see our copyrighted logo on on <laughs> yeah. some websites because you know, like when you do an RSS feed of a podcast." It aggregates your podcast to all these uh, websites, and some websites still hadn't changed the copyrighted thumbnail. So, um, but anyway, enough oh. of, enough of that shit. That's depressing, and I'm getting anxiety right now talking about yeah. it. Um, <laughs> well, well, speaking of uh, well, the sort I, of, uh, I want to ask them, uh, how did you guys get uh, started with the po with your podcast, and like what made you want to start? What was the impetus, etc. And go. Our well, our friendship was kind of built on podcasts. Yeah. And in thinking about what we wanted to do and what we both like, it was Unsolved Mysteries was the obvious choice because that's pretty much all we talk about anyway. Yeah. So we might as well talk about it on Samantha a podcast. Samantha got me re-watching it saying, you have got to see this Kurt McFall mystery. You're not going to believe <laughs> it. So that sort of was, then we were just talking about that all the time. And at some point, while talking, someone was like, oh, you should have a podcast. And then we just naively started. Basically. Yeah. yeah. That's we, kind of what we did. We're we, very I, professional, I just, yet we have absolutely yeah. no experience whatsoever. We really have no <laughs> idea what we're doing. Uh, we but it's been fun. Yeah, it's been yeah. so much fun. And we appreciated that you guys like reached out and said that you enjoyed our first episode. That gave us sort of like a, a pick, like a, a it, boost. It, yeah, it like reinforced that what we were doing was kind of not terrible. So <laughs> we, we kept were, going. We were seriously recorded our first episode in a library and then <laughs> found out that there was other Unsolved Mysteries podcasts. And we were like, oh, maybe we should just throw this away. So, well, you know, yeah. I'll tell you what, man, like when I I'll tell you what, when I first listened to it, um, it like right off the bat, like your guys is like energy and uh, like how you uh like obviously are, are legitimate friends in person, unlike me and Mike, who uh, cannot stand each other after the podcast is I've over. I picked up on that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, you know, we go to our trailers, I put my curlers in my hair and my robe, and we don't talk to each other. But um, like, no, it, it was it was just, you're, you guys are legitimately fucking hilarious. And uh, I don't know, like I, I it, was, it was just good right off the bat, you know, I mean, and there's like another Unsolved Mysteries podcast out there too now called The Stack Pack. So they're proliferating, but uh, I think y'all's is, is really good. Um, Thanks. And, Thank you. And obviously yeah. the fact that you've only been out for, what, a few months now and you already got like, what, 24 reviews on iTunes and uh, you got uh, like what, sponsors and or some something like... We don't even have a sponsor yet and we've been around for like over a year, so... Um, well, we don't have sponsors either. We just pander to the podcasting community and yeah. beg people to send us advertisements for their podcast so that we can send them advertisements for ours. Oh, letting us in behind yeah. the curtain. That's the thing you can do. And that's, that's what we're, yeah, we, we'll we happily do that with you. We've exploited this <laughs> on, on several occasions. I mean, we would love to have sponsors because we're really gunning for some mattresses, but, um, yeah, cast for mattress. Give us a call. But, Hasn't, hasn't happened yet. Oh, you, you could get some stamps.com or some, uh, you know. Yeah, who doesn't need stamps? You know. Stamps, call me. 
tired of waiting in line at the post office. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not giving them a free read. Fuck them. Yeah, don't do it for free. No. Yeah, but see. Yeah, I, I think uh, I definitely do think you have done a really good job with the podcast so far. I mean, I immediately was impressed uh, with the first listen. Um, you two have wonderful chemistry, and that's the kind of thing that is not necessarily as easy as you might think to have on a podcast, especially that early. Um, well, thank God so, for that. Yeah, since we don't yeah, even you, you have you have uh, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you've been friends for a long time, out. so that's probably why. Uh, Josh and I just kind of met on a whim uh, on youtube i saw his uh video on uh the revamp uh and um i liked it and then i reached out to him and was like hey i'm thinking about doing a podcast on unsolved mysteries you seem to be a fan of unsolved mysteries would you like to maybe uh join me and maybe uh collaborate and i'd never really collaborated with somebody before so uh it was it was a risk and it was a risk worth taking because uh, we just chatted for a little bit before we even started and we seemed to have a nice back and forth with each other and then the rest and is now history. You've, you've grown to yeah. hate each other like we do today. <laughs> well, it was... Although uh, that doesn't come through. I would say listening to you guys, it does sound like, you know, these guys have been friends for a long yeah, time. Yeah, that seems we true. We don't hate now each other. No, it's just the sarcasm. No, Mike, come on, come on now, Mike. We we do. It's it's when the money started coming in, that's what really made all the problems <laughs> happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Common, money, common story. Yeah, yeah, all 50 bucks of it. Yeah, You know, yeah. Mike's, Mike's <laughs> ego, my ego, you know, we started getting getting very uh we started believing the hype you know we so really now it's just uh it, it's just a shell of, of what it was we are sh uh, shells of human beings um too much drugs Mr. sarcasm too over much here. money too much fame too fast uh we're both child stars pretty much like the same things that happen to them well except for all the harvey weinstein kind of shit um oh no, it wouldn't be a podcast of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries unless Josh said some jackass comment that's going to guarantee us a one-star review on iTunes. Hey. <laughs> well, I look forward to reading yeah. that review. Yes. Yeah, so, and, and speaking of uh, the sort of similarities that we both have with our podcasts, uh, one of our first uh, cases we talked about was Kurt McCall, so... I mean, um, it's a classic. Is, it is one of our favorites. Yeah. It has everything. Satanic Panic, Dungeons and Dragons. LARPing. LARPing <laughs> in a yeah. yeah. Sword fighting in a subway parking lot. Yeah. It's just underage great. drinking. And I, I, read a, uh, I read a story that was probably not true that was supposedly connected to Kurt McFall on, that, on our podcast about it. And it was on, like, the sitcoms online message board, and some guy was sharing some story about how they found some satanic ritual place where things were you know animals or were sacrificed or something hidden behind some place in the woods or whatever so it, it was it was it was like something you would hear straight out of like a creepy pasta on youtube or or an urban legend still don't know what the fuck creepy pasta is people bring it up all the time i, I have no idea what it is it's basically youtube urban up legends. Shit. Yeah, yeah urban legends <laughs> it's just creepy made up whatever scary story yeah. Yeah. I'm old and I don't like change. <laughs> you know what's funny about the Kurt McFall case is a friend of the pod, Megan, for our from our pod, uh, went oh, to like, that cliff. Like pod. She went on a, on a vacation and went and saw where Kurt McFall fell. Yes. And, <laughs> and there's now a sign warning you. 
And it has like a little stick figure falling off a cliff and then drowning in the ocean. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's just the image. Just I know. It's out. such a... The, the thing about that story is it's honestly like a, a tragic, horrible story. Yeah. But Unsolved Mysteries depicts it in the stupidest, most humorous way possible. <laughs> you can't take it seriously. You can't take it seriously, even though this young boy fell to death. It just has nothing to do with Dungeons and Dragons. I'm sorry. No. Also, I'm like, it's nothing to do with sa- Satan. And also, I was just thinking about, like, why are you going swimming at, like, 3 a.m. in the middle of the night? He was hot. <laughs> <laughs> he had a bang on his friend's door and storm off. Some fucking Laura Palmer uh, Twin Peaks uh, beginnings with that kind of stuff. Finding him yeah. Like, fucking... yeah. Look at me bringing up references of TV shows and stuff. I know things. <laughs> Nobody said you didn't know things, Josh. Why are you getting so defensive? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's some inner demons I'm working on. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, let's get, get awkward as usual. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to these segments here. Uh, so, would you like to talk about the haunted as fuck General Wayne Inn? I would like to talk about that. That's yes. its full official name, by the way. That's what that's what we've called it. <laughs> the haunted as fuck General Wayne Inn, or just yeah. the haunted as fuck Inn. You know, speaking. I mean, of- it seems really haunted. Uh, yeah. It opened in 1704, which, I mean, if you're in the States, that's really fucking old. It was, <laughs> at one point, the oldest functioning inn in America. Ben Franklin, George Washington stayed there. Edgar Allan Poe. He wrote part of The Raven there. So, you know, that's impressive. Um, the Unsolved Mysteries is about the many ghosts that reportedly inhabited the inn. Uh, it talked a lot to an innkeeper who hadn't actually seen a ghost, but he had seen lots of sort of ghostly occurrences. This guy was a character. He loved the ghost. He was like a pal of the ghost. Yeah. They were possibly his best friends. He loved to see the ghost torment ladies at the bar. Yeah, which is kind of weird. It's like... Okay, like so, you're you're a fan of these molesting ghosts. Yeah, like, yeah, molest those, molest those women. Yeah, I think he was living vicariously through the ghosts. What would happen was women would be sitting at the bar, and ghosts would go down the bar, blowing on the back of the women's necks, and then each woman would get mad at whatever gentleman companion she was with, and and blame him and turn and yell at him and slap him. The acting and the reenactment was just hilarious. It's one of the many corny uh, parts of this segment because it shows kind of the cameras like kind of going down the bar or whatever. And like, you know, most of the women are like, why did you do that? And stop. And one of the women, my my favorite reenactment. Yeah. My favorite was the one who goes, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) 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 That was my favorite one. (laughs) Well, and you know this innkeeper just wishes he could be blowing on the backs of these women's necks. Yeah, I kind of wonder if it was actually him. <laughs> and he's just blaming. Oh, it was ghosts. Th- th- that's I what know. I was thinking. I was like, yeah, like he, he just likes blowing on women's necks. I like how there was one woman, though, who, who actually liked it. She's like, ooh, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> what oh, <no>. a slut. <laughs> She's gonna. She's looking for some ghost sex later. I mean, sure, sure. Uh, There was also an instance where a valet went to a car that was locked, and the headlights turned on, and the windshield wipers started wiping. And it started started playing. Very frightened by Kenny Loggins in the cassette deck. 
Do you? Yeah. It, oh, it was. Yeah. Playing music. Do you do you think that that was a ghost? You know, I mean, what else could it be? I'm sure panic buttons on the little key fobs. I'm sure those existed back then. Is it possible that somebody could have mashed that panic button down? Sure. I mean, do they want to throw it in and say it's a ghost story? Why not? At this point, you know, I mean, what this this segment probably came out in like what the the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, this is like I think one of the first ghosts. Yeah, yes, I think this is late '80s. Okay, so yeah, I mean, first season, you know, first or second season. Throw it in there, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, there's also been reports of a ghost soldier who is seen wearing green on the stairs. He's there's a, a pretty frightened great soldier. Great in, uh, reenactment of that, uh, where he has some pretty dramatic backlighting. Yeah, he's lit from behind and kind of surrounded by fog. <laughs> the interesting thing about that story is that they actually found reports of that ghost going back 100 years, that yeah. a woman during an election went downstairs to get some more ballots and went, why is there a soldier in a green uniform in the basement? And everybody thought she was crazy. So there have been multiple reports sightings of a soldier which unsolved mysteries tells you dates back to a hessian soldier that was murdered and buried in the basement uh, I, I love how the wikia says frightened soldier like, yes. like it, was he actually a frightened soldier like that i mean would be he great. was he was just murdered, a scared so. a scared ghost well the unsolved mysteries <laughs> brings in a psychic who says he was left behind that does yeah. not seem to be true, though. Not really. From the when they actually get the history out, they're like, "No, he wasn't left behind. He was murdered." Right. So, uh, fortunately, this psychic segment is shorter than the Queen Mary ghost ship psychic yeah. segment, yeah. which goes on forever in a day. They're probably still filming it right now. <laughs> um, William Roll is she, dead. It was the, not a very bottom. credible psychic, I'll say. There was also a TV acted weird. I, I don't even know what to say about that. Okay, so yeah. That, the TV that... ended up spinning clockwise. While talking about the inn being haunted. What? Yeah. That, dude, that scene, I just got to say. Okay, so I have like the box set of the Unsolved Mysteries uh, DVDs or whatever. And, uh, you know, I would go to sell that because that's worth like $1,000. Oh, I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like my, my ex-girlfriend had so much forethought buying me that back in like 2007 when it was like oh. you could still buy it in stores. But anyway, you know, I would I would eat those things up because there was no way to watch Unsolved Mysteries back in the mid 2000s. I mean, you, you were just you were screwed. Um, well, that was before I knew about this huge VHS rip community that exists online now, but I won't mention that even though I just mentioned it. Um, <laughs> it, was the dark, it was the dark ages. I yeah. think that's what most people refer to it as. Yeah. The so, Unsolved Mysteries but you Dark had the Ages. Reboot. You had the reboot you could watch on, on, on reruns on Lifetime. No one wants to watch those Dennis Farina episodes. <laughs> I would Not rather, even Dennis Farina wants to watch those. Yeah, I would, I would rather <laughs> nail my satchel to a plank than watch the dennis farina uh reboots um you mean your sack whatever a uh, satchel i felt like, <laughs> I felt like i was a little bit more eloquent you know uh, i'm in the co uh mixed company right now god this yeah is, that was this really that was really fucking eloquent this is I'm gonna go very impressed <laughs> by its eloquence <laughs> people are gonna hear this i hear the keyboards going right now leaving reviews um <laughs> I'm no. unsubscribing to this podcast effective immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love the the high pitched, angry Minnesotan uh, accent. It's, it makes me laugh that's, every time. That's what we all sound like. Yeah. 
I, don't I, you know? It, don't you know? <laughs> Joe six pack, you betcha. Um, God, oh, yeah. fucking Sarah Palin. Um, but no, anyway. Listen, we're not claiming her. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, we have nothing to do with Sarah Palin. Well, she's Alaska's. She's Alaska's problem. Um, so anyway, the scene in the uh, unsolved mysteries, which is the thing we're talking about. See, it's my fault because I I get I get us off track more than any anything else because uh, I, apparently, according to the reviews, I have a uh, horrible ADD. Uh, I did not know this about myself, but it was told to me on the internet, so it must be true. That oh, sounds true nice to me. Of, how nice of them to diagnose you. Yes, yes. The, Those uh, doctors are really hard at work on their iTunes reviews. Yes, uh, they, they're very kind people. They're good people. Um, but the, So they have this scene, right? So they all the people are in the, uh, the, the restaurant of the General Wayne Inn, and they're watching the TV, and I'm sorry, I don't cringe much. I don't get those cringy goosebumps. But when they showed the TV image spinning in the TV and the people's stupid heads were all turning <laughs> as the image was turning. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, just, How else could they see it? They, they had to turn their They were head. trying to watch TV <laughs> it, it, and ghosts were making it spin. It literally went from like an Unsolved Mysteries episode to like some kind of 1920s vaudeville kind of like, whoa. Or a cartoon. Dude. Yeah, or a cartoon. It was like a cartoon. Yeah. It, first of all, and you know. I'm I'm a I'm a scientist, so you can take this to the bank. When when you turn your head, the the fucking orientation of the world doesn't spin with you as you turn your head. So if I turn my head to the left, everything doesn't look like it's to the left now. Your eyes reorient the image. So I don't know that that just always bothered me, and I was like, oh my god, that is that is just that's awful. But do you think it's ghosts that scrambled the TV? <sighs> you know. I mean, it's an old TV. I mean, maybe. Yeah, this is a TV, and it this aired apparently in in Halloween of '88, so the TV is older than that. Well, I will say, I, out of I all, don't know of how many documented TV glitches there are of TV spinning, like the picture, you know, spinning in circles, that or turning clockwise. You don't like know how many cases there are? Of no. That? I thought you would know exactly how many there were. <laughs> why, why would you think I would know that? Like, yeah, I know a lot of useless trivia, but I, I thought I'm you guys sorry. had a podcast. I yeah, I yeah. thought you had a podcast. I, don't you know about this stuff? <laughs> That's happened 342 times since 1962, Mike. Just to, just amateur, <laughs> amateur owl over here. I mean, I believe the ghost soldier way more than I believe this TV thing. My, yeah. Well, my whole thing is there's so many other uh, ghost segments on Unsolved Mysteries where they tell you, where they, they explain shit that's way more like, okay, there was a, there was sounds in the hall of the Queen Mary where there weren't supposed to be sounds because it was decommissioned. That was actually creepy. Yeah. Because they, they actually had the audio that they played and everything. Yeah. So they, they had like some recordings and stuff like that. But like, you know, a TV picture spinning around, it's kind of like, well, we need something to fluff out this episode. So like, just throw that in there kind of thing. That, this well, I mean, this is aired on Halloween, so they were trying to have a scary, eerie, creepy ghost segment to play on the Halloween episode. They could have just uh, put in more reenactments of ghost heads. Okay. Oh, yeah, we didn't even no, talk no, about no, no, the ghost that. head. That, that, that is the most memorable thing about this uh, segment, other than the stupid look on people's faces <laughs> when they're watching the TV <laughs> turn and the old lady going the what turns. the hell are you doing <laughs> can't forget about her the ghost head on the table is is a pretty great unsolved mysteries reenactment 
We like to pick a most valuable mustache for each episode that we cover, and the ghost head was the winner of this episode. <laughs> yes, when we covered this on the on the podcast, we picked we picked the ghost head's mustache for our favorite. I mean, it's weird that it has a mustache. I don't know. I don't. Well, Clearly, of, it's just some people, random guy. A lot of men back then had mustaches. That's yeah, but it, it doesn't have like. I would expect a ghost to have a more old fashioned look. And this yeah, is just to like have a, like the curly This is like cube. a very 80s ghost head. Which <laughs> <laughs> makes me think he was just the dolly grip. Or yeah. He was just like someone that was on the set anyway. Or and they were like, you're the ghost Phil. now. He reminded me of Dr. Phil, the ghost head. Yes. He's like <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Phil's cousin. The problem with it was his mustache was so well groomed. Yeah. And it made it not look old timey at all. I agree. It was too modern a mustache. I'm looking at it right now. It literally looks like something they added in post. Like, oh, this face needs a mustache. Let's do some, like, uh, the smear thing. It doesn't even look like it's inherently well, on the face. Well, that mustache won, so. Yeah. Real or fake, we thought it was great. <laughs> you know, I love Unsolved I love- Mysteries. I love, the- I love Unsolved Mysteries and everything, but. But honestly, if I was watching this segment and that scene came up and someone walked in, I would feel embarrassed. Like they just like <laughs> caught me watching like a, a dirty movie or something because that's how embarrassing the special <laughs> effects are for this scene. My favorite part was that the ghost head kind of had his mouth open with his yeah. tongue sticking out. Like it was. <laughs> that's how you know he's dead, Samantha. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Otherwise, you might have just thought that was a normal severed head. That's what makes it. A well, I, I thought the effects are better than the effects in Storm and Hell. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm if just going to got... agree with you. But I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, wait till you get to that segment. OK, you, you, you two are going to have a blast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, you got to You guys got to tell me when you when you cover the episode that's got that segment on there. It's called a guy's name is Howard Storm. And he basically he, his his uh, he has some kind of a medical emergency in Paris. And uh, Unsolved Mysteries reenacts him uh, going through a hell-like sequence uh, in the hospital where all these, like, zombie people are like, Howard, come with us. And then they, like, berate him in the lobby. And You suck, Howard. Yeah, it's, and it's the most PG, like, swearing you've ever heard. It's like, you're garbage, Howard. You're trash. You know, just having to get that around them amazing. censors. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's incredible. We covered it on our worst segments of Unsolved Mysteries thing we did. About a year ago, but yeah, that that is. And then the the stupid younger version of Howard singing that fucking. Don't even song. don't even don't even talk about that, Mike. I just got that out of my head yesterday, after all this time. So don't even talk about that. It's awful. It's, I mean, it sounds priceless. So is there any more? Is there any more uh, deets about this uh, seg? Well, Liz did some additional research after we watched the segment and discovered that there was a more recent murder. Yeah, there. This is not only full of ghosts. It was actually connected to a murder. If anybody wants to watch the forensic files about it, it's on Netflix in Collection 2, Episode 24, very cleverly called Murder on the Menu. Oh, my. Oh, forensic files. Because it involves a chef. So the general went in, had fallen on hard times. Two business partners bought it in the hopes of you know, restoring it to its former glory, I guess. And basically, uh, one of them killed the other for the insurance money. Yeah. Typical. 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 And uh, now the general went in as a synagogue and you can't stay there anymore. And I don't know what <laughs> happened to the ghost. It actually is a synagogue? Yep. It's no longer an wow. inn. They like 
they ripped out the interior entirely. It looks basically the same from the outside, but the inside is totally ripped out. So I don't know if the ghosts went with that or <laughs> are still there. I can there. just are imagine there. the ghosts, the ghosts sure. are like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. It's no longer an inn. This is boring. I'm I mean, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it seems prestigious as a ghost to haunt where Edgar Allan Poe used to be, but do you really want to just haunt a synagogue? I don't know. <laughs> Do you imagine them like changing their routine? Like, you can't be blowing on women's necks anymore. Let's blow out the candles. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the general way in. Sadly, you can't stay there. I'm sorry. <laughs> you said you said that so enthusiastically. Well, that's the general way in. You know. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right. I well, are. shit. I I thought I. You know, that's that's the one segment I wasn't able to rewatch last night because I had like a wedding I had to do, and then I just had I've just been so busy. I did watch the other ones, but that one wasn't one uh, I was able to watch. So I only have like those key segments of the stupid ghost head with his stupid mouth <laughs> open. I mean, what else do you really need to remember? That's the the key. Yeah. I'm just gonna imagine the ghost actually said something like it probably wouldn't even it, it wouldn't even hear any words it would just be Duh. It might have been kill your business partner for the insurance money <laughs> though you will definitely get caught because it's pretty obvious it was you yep and forensics yeah. will. and forensics will prove that it's you guy Salio God <laughs> all right so we're moving Who wants on to talk about an armored car there robbery. Yep. This is what I, do. I always want to talk about. I do. Uh, okay, I guess we'll pick the uh, the weird kid in the back with the uh, glasses. <laughs> uh, you go ahead and talk about it. All right. Uh, this this case is a, about the Vallejo armored car murders. Uh, this is one I saw originally on uh, some of the VHS rips, and I, I I absolutely found it to be not only a pretty compelling segment with the whole murder aspect and the armored car robbery, but at the same time it had something a little bit extra that was just absolutely memorably hilarious. I don't know if hilarious so, would be the right word, but uh, it was something. It was very wacky. I, 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 thought, I laughed out loud when I first saw it, because it's something you definitely do not expect with, with uh, this segment. The segment is for the most part played straight and serious for the majority of the segment. And then it like takes a total left turn near the end. And it's like something straight out of America's dumbest criminals or something, which we're so, a big fan of. Yeah. Yeah. On the evening of November of the blah, 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 on the evening of I can't fucking talk. Well, that's, on the that's another hallmark of, November of our 13th, podcast is Mike and 1991. Yeah. Anyway. Three armored car guards were found brutally murdered at the Loomis Depot in Vallejo, California, and one million dollars apparently was stolen. One million dollars. Forty-nine-year-old Martin McCumber, a twenty-nine-year-old and twenty-nine-year-old Dennis Jacobson, and twenty-five-year-old Afonso Lonteo were all found bound and shot to death in the armored car depot. Martin left behind a wife, in in children. Wikia, come on. In children, he's warming up, folks. Give him time. Give him some air. He's he's warming up. He'll start reading good in a second. That that one wasn't my fault. That's Wikia's fault. Okay, Martin left behind a wife and children. He's just let him behind the while, fucking curtain, Mike. While Alfonso is engaged to be married in a few months, the unknown killers apparently planned on robbing the place, but they ended up killing the guards. Several pieces of evidence were found at the scene, 
including camouflage clothing, bolt cutters, shoes, tools, and lighter fluid. All of which they used in the reenactment. Yeah. Robert Stack said, I wrote down, is Robert Stack stealing evidence again? Yeah, I, I hope <laughs> Robert Stack didn't touch any of this evidence and ruin the chain of custody again. <laughs> Robert Stack. Uh, most of the, <laughs> come on, shame on you, Robert. You know better. <laughs> most of the evidence is found in duffel bags. The lighter fluid bottle had a price written on it. It was like some cheap price, like a dollar nineteen or something. The handwriting has not been identified. Which is these shoes? It's crazy what? because lighter fluid costs like two dollars and ten cents now. So you know, I mean, yeah. the price, the price <laughs> of inflation is just just wow. It's wow. Out of control. It was only a dollar seventy five back then. Better days. These shoes were a brand called Honors, Honors, sold exclusively at Target stores. Target chain Target. stores. It's not Target. <laughs> you didn't know what anybody a Target who, was. Anybody who says Target is out of their mind. It's not Target. Okay, there's a the few, fucking few logo is a Target that, that I just symbol. bought. Okay, so so you so who didn't know what Target was? Oh, we just <laughs> thought it was amusing that they referred to it as Target chain stores. <laughs> Yeah. Just a little note for maybe you didn't have a target in your area. Oh, it's a chain from the great state of Minnesota. You're welcome. I just, uh, I just thought it was like a mom and pop place that just I went to and just I knew about <laughs> here in Jackson, Mr. and Mrs. Florida. Target. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like Don Target, you know, was there. You know? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, surprisingly, the murder weapon was also left at the scene. It was an eight-inch blue steel Colt Trooper revolver. The weapon had previously been reported or lo as lost or stolen in the Los Angeles area in 1969. The bolt cutters used to break into the facility were found near the scene. More clothing and a bag of money was found nearby. Gloves, a ski mask, and an AK-47 assault rifle were found in a park nearby. Impressions were found in the ground that suggested that one of the killers was lying in the area for some time. This is just a, a metric ton of evidence that was left behind. Uh, so it, it's one of those, like, there's no way that they're going to get away with this eventually. Like, something is, is going to tie them to this crime. I mean, they they left pretty much everything behind. <laughs> that they had ever owned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they brought pictures of their families and set them there. <laughs> That's like the dumb criminals. I remember this guy, he robbed a bank. And he asked that he wrote a note that was on a back of a check that had his name on it or like you're on a check that had his name on it to like give me the money or whatever. But like people could clearly see that it, who it was because he wrote on something that had his name clearly written <laughs> on it. Was huh. that Fumbles? Was it, yeah. This case made me really respect Fumbles because he didn't kill any guards. He was just bad at holding things. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the uh, authorities believe that there were at least four assailants. Hairs found on the ski mask show that at least one of the assailants was white and another one was black. Eyewitnesses would confirm this. One week later, a roadblock was set up in an attempt to locate possible eyewitnesses. One person reported seeing a white male fleeing the scene on the night of the November 13th. A black male was also seen at around the same time. Now, the segment is reenacted pretty much uh, straightforward at this point. You have interviews with uh, uh, the police and things like that. 
The investigator, I love his term for these uh, robbers. He's the responsibles. Uh, the the responsible. Sure. I'm not sure I've ever heard that before. I know, and I was like, they're not responsible for anything. Like they're they're the most irresponsible people <laughs> imaginable. Like why responsibles? I mean, I've never heard somebody say responsibles instead of suspects. Like just, what? I also love the whole roadblock to see if anyone has any details about like a certain yeah. crime. Like when has that? Is there any precedent for that? Even like, <laughs> I mean. And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, like, how many DUIs did they get, like, from uh, pulling people over, you know, randomly late at night to question them? Oh, uh, yeah, we, we're wanting to know about a murder. Uh, uh, son, have you been drinking tonight? Um, <laughs> you know, it was like a pie two-prong thing. Sorry, guys, I'm just bringing that up because I've got myself have gotten a DUI before. So that's the first thing I think of when I think of police roadblocks. I'm like, ah, oh, well, those poor bastards who were drinking and just trying to get home. And now they, yeah, anyway. <laughs> don't drink and drive, kids. It's expensive. Yes, that's what I was gonna say. Everyone, don't drink and drive. Yeah, I wasn't. Test. I wasn't advocating that, uh, though it might have <laughs> sounded <laughs> like that. <laughs> also, don't rob. Also, armored truck places. Rob armored truck places and don't kill security guards. There's a lot of life lessons here. <laughs> that. Yeah, that 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 would definitely be a good idea, folks. Don't do any of that. Um, relax. Don't do it. Based on the evidence, authorities pieced together what happened that night. At around 8 p.m., four heavily armed men wearing military camouflage cut through the depot's fence. Now, the reenactment here is great because they actually did, were able to shoot on location and, and it's shot at night and they have these people all dressed in these ski masks and they go in and they go into this facility. Um, although this facility has a serious flaw in security... Like, there's some easy way to get in without being seen. It's like there's some way that you could, like, hide behind the truck as it pulls in, and nobody's going to know you're in inside the facility. Right. You would think they would have, uh, I don't know, made sure that kind of stuff Dude, didn't this happen. this was a very... In an armored truck facility? Dude, this was a very uh, 1980s, 1990s uh, armored truck facility in the sense that there was, this was pre-9-11. This was when... Yeah, we'll just throw a fucking chain link fence up and, uh, you know, that'll keep the bad guys out. You know, whatever. Every, nothing bad ever happens in our country. So, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be fine. Oh, well, you know, just a flimsy little, uh, you know, door to, uh, you know, that the armored truck drives in. And uh, let's have the gate take about 10 minutes to close. So, you know, yeah. just in case you change your mind and you want to, like, leave or come in, it's cool. You know, I mean, I, I'm guessing they filmed, like, on like on the location that this happened or whatever. And yeah, it's just like uh, for an armored car company where like armored cars full of money are pulling in and out. It seemed pretty much like a, like a, a maintenance facility or something like that. As far as the security yeah. features were uh, as far as that, that went because uh, yeah, it was just like a barbed wire fence and a gate. And that's it. <laughs> well, don't, don't let this give you any ideas. No, sure don't do it. Modern armored truck facility. They probably have better <laughs> stepped better up security. security. Although we have kind of noticed as an unsolved mysteries theme that it seems like companies charged with securing money not, not very, that great at not securing very money. Not good at it. No. No. Yeah, like you have the underground tunnel robbers. Like, yeah, that that. But that I don't really blame the companies for that because that was just some extremely clever oh, those uh, guys are robbery. I'm 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 seeing in the future here uh four would be podcasters charged in attempt of uh, robbery of armored car. <laughs> would be podcasters? You mean world's most famous podcasters? 
Uh, maybe of un- unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> maybe as far as unsolved mysteries podcasts go, which is you know very, yeah. it's a very large field. So, totally. Totally. So these four heavily armed men wearing military camouflage that cut through the depot's fence. At 8.40 p.m., two of the guards arrived with more money in an armored truck. When the gates were open, the four men ran in behind the truck. The assailants then approached the two guards as they exited the truck. They forced out the security guard that was inside of a booth. He thought, oh, I'll get out and I'll save my friends. But really, all that happened was he got tied up and he ended up dying along with them. Which is pretty fucked up. The assailants then tied up the three guards. After the guards were tied up, the assailants then went through the money and put it in their yellow duffel bags. Authorities believe the assailants killed the guards because one of the guards recognized them. It kind of makes sense that one of the people who was involved with robbing this armored truck facility actually worked at the armored truck facility. Sure. Now, my whole thing is, so, like, the guy the guy who, that little, uh, it's it was called a turret, that room that the one guy was in. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's some kind of, like, bulletproof, like, you know, safe room, as it were. Like, yeah. if some shit goes down, the guy in the turret can call for help. But I guess in this instance, it was probably something like, get the fuck out, or we're gonna kill your friends. So he, like, gets out, and they kill his friends anyway. Um, so yeah. that's another life lesson. Don't leave the turret if you're ever in an armored car building and people come in with guns. I did think it was interesting that the sound of a gunshot activated the alarm system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought well, that too. Also, also the way that they shot that scene, I thought you could tell it was a sound effect that was dubbed after. Like the gun like didn't really even fire. So it was just, it was on sure. the set. Yeah. And he yeah. just pointed the gun at down and then like pulled a trigger and there was no muzzle flash or anything. It was just like click and then bang. Mike wanted to see blood. <laughs> no, no, no. It does okay. seem like at that point it's a little too late, you know, when, yeah. when the, when there's guns going right. off, maybe, maybe at that point it's a little, maybe, little the, maybe late. the alarm should have went off a lot earlier than that. Like, <laughs> well, that's, that's if you're taking into account that they care about human lives. Uh, I'm sure this company's like the money. Go, go, yeah, that's probably true. Fair point. So, uh, the guards were tied up. The assailants went through the money. They put it in their bright yellow duffel bags. And Mike, do you have a problem with one the of color the yellow or something? No, I'm just. I just think it's interesting. I think it's kind of just funny because normally when you you see bags full of money, they're not bright yellow. Look, my uncle was bright yellow, so I really take offense with you uh, emphasizing the color yellow. Mike likes to carry his money in a sack with a dollar sign on it. And I, <laughs> I think that's standard. So after the gunshots were fired, the automatic alarm was sounded and the assailants then fled the scene. And then you get this, the sequence straight out of America's Dumbest Criminals because uh, apparently they're a bunch of idiots who don't know how heavy money is. And they had a hard time carrying these duffel bags. I'm thinking, I'm, and, I'm thinking it needed a like a Benny Hill segment, like here, like da 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 da. You know, as they're like trying to pick up the sack of money. And they're trying to pick up the sack of money. They drop it, and money pours out, and they're trying to put the money back in, and yeah, trying to get away from the cops at the same time. Uh, ironically, the robbers ended up dropping all of the money that they stole from the depot. Uh, and I, I love uh, Robert Stack's narration here. He, he's like, uh, I think it was like, in stark irony, a stark bit of irony is uh, that they ended up not getting away with any of the money. <laughs> I mean, it some, seems weird that the guy who works at the armored truck money carrying 
facility doesn't know how heavy money is. <laughs> if it, it is, is a guy who worked there, uh, who uh, who is responsible for these uh, horrific crimes, uh, uh, the murder of uh, three innocent armored. To me, it just sounds uh, like the, the people who did this just sounds like a like like three desperate dumbasses who were <laughs> who were just like so you know we're gonna go in and rob this place and take this money and we're gonna fit as much money as we can into this yeah. sack and leave. Simple as that, you know. Yeah, and, yeah I mean, like, uh, I don't know about you, you ladies or Mike, but I I haven't had enough money to where I could fill a sack full of it to know the weight of it. So I. It's, <laughs> Yeah, we're we're rolling in podcast dollars over here. The podcast is flowing. We actually had to pay Liz and Samantha a speaking fee of $5,000 each. We're in great debt of uh, just having them on here. We fetch a high. We we thought that their 15 listeners would combine with our 20 listeners so we could get over 30 plays for this podcast. (laughs) We only claim to have five listeners. Oh, I'm sorry. I just tripled your... Listener base. They just round it up a little. Yeah, I, that's fine. I appreciate it. That's I will say the reenactment of the guys trying to drag the sacks of money out of the warehouse was pretty hilarious. He kept fall- keeps was. falling yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> that that's what that's what made me crack up. Like it, it's it's played so serious for majority of the segment, and then it's like what? Whoops! <laughs> you could throw in so many cartoon sound effects in that scene, you know. If they yeah. hadn't been so greedy, it just took a little less money. They might have gotten away yeah. with some of it. Instead, they had to leave it all behind. But and I'm pretty sure the armored car facility owners are probably happy about that. <laughs> I'm sure. Like you're saying, like they only care about the money. They'd be super ecstatic. Like, uh, yeah, three of the guards were shot. Uh, who? All right, okay, that's too bad. Uh, that's uh, that's really sucks. Uh, may they rest in peace. What about the money? Yeah. Uh, uh, th- your three uh, employees were uh, the security guards were shot dead. Oh no! What about the money? I mean, I mean, uh, oh darn. Uh, uh, what Frank? Oh, we're gonna miss Frank. Uh, his name was Steve, actually. Oh yeah, Steve. That's what I meant to say, Steve. Uh, damn. Uh, so the money uh, is that okay? You said okay, cool. Oh darn. Yeah, but poor Donnie. Oh Steve, whatever. <laughs> So you were talking about like two dumbasses and like Beavis and Butthead and like their friend, like just trying to rob some armored car facility. <laughs> we're gonna steal money. We're we're gonna be rich. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be rich, Butthead. Yeah, anyway, so the case was featured on a uh, episode on season four. It's actually on Amazon Prime. I believe it's on uh, episode twenty four. I think or twenty five or something like that. It's it's in it's in season four. So we're just like, we gotta and uh, there actually is an update. Uh, this case has been solved. Convict Thomas Young confessed to the murders and told police that the three other men, Eugene Livingston, Assad Muhammad, and Victor McLean, were also responsible. Young was found guilty of murder and was sentenced to three ter- life terms in prison. Livingston, who was a co-worker of the slain guards, yep, confessed and was found guilty of robbery and conspiracy, but was acquitted of murder. He served three years in prison and was later released. Boo! That seems pretty lenient. It does. Yeah, that's very lenient. That guy's probably the mastermind for all of this. I mean, he worked there. I mean, he, you know, they trusted him. You know, he should have gotten, he should have gotten, like, a way worse penalty than three years. Livingston had identified Muhammad as the mastermind of the robbery and killings. Of course, he's going to identify some other guy. But more than likely, it was probably him who came up with the idea 
because he worked there. Right. Muhammad and McLean were arrested and charged with the robbery and murders. However, at a preliminary hearing, Young recanted his confession and the cases against Muhammad and McLean were dropped due to lack of evidence. Then in 1999, DNA evidence conclusively linked Muhammad to the murders and he was arrested. Muhammad was convicted of the murders and later received a life sentence in prison. You know, okay. it's like I hear about cases like this and it's like he he, rec- he it's like he recanted his confession and then then the the, the case against Muhammad and McLean would drop due to lack of evidence. It's like it's like you think about this kind of case and the guy's like, oh, yeah, I recant my statement. OK, there's a lack of evidence then we're going to it's like, why couldn't the West Memphis three get all these kind of, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, luxuries yeah. like, oh, uh, well, you know, it's because small town, small town, desperate, horrible murder. Uh, Gary Gitchell is up for uh, uh, the government position in that town. Dude, I, I swear, he, like, ever, is it ready to retire? I don't. Have you guys, uh, Liz and uh, Samantha, have you have you guys ever seen any of the Paradise Lost uh, documentaries about the West Memphis Three or studied any I'm of that? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't watched it. Oh. I've listened to many a podcast yeah. about the West Memphis Three. I haven't seen the documentary mainly because that case makes me so angry. You can find. Um, uh, um, Eccles on social media and he seems like a really cool guy now that he's not rotting in prison for a crime he didn't commit and uh-huh. like ever he's an artist he has cats he seems to love um, yeah and so n- every time I listen to anything about the West Memphis Three I get so frustrated and angry that I don't I, watching a documentary makes me not super dude Damien, Damien Eccles has become like a heartthrob like uh, a lot of people that I talk to is like oh he's so hot oh my god like I love him he's amazing <laughs> he needs to he needs to drop like a goth rock album I feel like he'd sell a lot of copies with his whole uh you know kind of street cred at this point oh for sure he would but uh um, if you can stomach it I would definitely recommend Paradise Lost uh, at least the first documentary it's it's one of the best doc true crime documentaries that I've personally seen. Yeah, and like ever since we, ever since we covered that case, like every it's like set a precedent in my mind. Every time we come up against something where there's like injustice or there was more justice than what needed to be, I'm like, what about the West Memphis Three? Why didn't they? Blah blah blah. <laughs> like I become that annoying. Like people probably don't even know what I'm talking about, or I'm sure a lot of people do, but some people probably don't even know what I'm talking about, and they're like, what the, why is Who he... the fuck is the West Memphis yeah, Three? Why keep like... referencing this? Like, what the fuck? Can't help it, people. As well as stick to the unsolved mysteries, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am happy that this case was solved. Yeah, so am I. So you at least get the conclusion that, you know, they caught the people responsible. Despite Robert Stack touching everything, they still managed to solve the case. So that's good. Unlike the Harold and Thelma Swain murders, where uh, Robert Stack stole those glasses that had DNA on them. I'm going to be mad about that for the rest of my life. He's just wearing He them. actually did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wow. in the, in the uh. episode, you see him holding the glasses and saying, "These are these the key to solving this case? Well, it turns out they were. <laughs> But, you know, he, they broke the chain of custody to send it to Unsolved Mysteries and then <laughs> it couldn't be used in the case. And it seems like the wrong person was convicted and is still in prison. Holy shit. Yeah, some some dumb wow. uh, sheriff in this small town, Unsolved Mysteries, called him up and was like, can we have those glasses to, to have on TV? And he's like, sure, here you go. 
Yeah, sure. Here you go. Yeah. And then they ended up not being able to use that evidence in the subsequent trial that sent an innocent man to prison. Wow. Sounds like some dumb shit that is on uh, Paradise Lost. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, see, what you guys got to understand is uh, Robert Stack still thinks he's Elliot Ness. And he, go, he, he went up in the scene and he's like touching whatever he wants because back in the 20s, that's how they did it. There was no fingerprinting or anything. He's like, ah, let me get my hands all over this evidence. See, I got to handle it, smell it, hold it, be it. I got to be the evidence. Then we're going to find the bad guys. See? And like all the stage hands and all the people offset, they're like, oh my God, old man stacks touching everything again. <laughs> I wish Robert Stack was constantly saying, "See, ah." <laughs> well, that's how he. That, see, he he grew up with in the uh, in the twenties where the transatlantic accent was still a big thing. So sure, when he, when he yeah. wasn't in character on the show, that's how he was talking everybody off off uh, set. You know, he's like, "Yeah, I'll have a coffee, black. See, there better not be any sugar in there. Or <laughs> you wise guys will get slapped around." Yeah. I so yeah, I mean that's basically what's what's going on with that, you know. I mean he just uh, he he had to he had to touch everything and yeah, you know. I mean it it is what it is. If dude, if if a few innocent people have to go to jail for us to have Robert Stack on TV, that's just something I can live with, you know what I mean? Oh my god. <laughs> so um, I don't have anything else to say about this armored car robbery uh, case. Or the because you really want to talk about the orange sock murders? Yes. No, you don't get to talk yes. about it, Mike. You, you picked your, your segment. Now, the, the orange sock is, is all me. I, I, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll mention a few things. No, but yeah, you're not okay. allowed to say anything for the rest of the podcast. I don't know why this rule just got created, but I just created a it. A bullshit. <laughs> I rebellious bastard defying the laws all right uh now we're moving on to uh the orange sack how samantha and liz might pronounce it i don't know maybe they wouldn't why am i making we that will fun? now we will now yeah orange sack. oh yeah bobby this, this bobby is a oberholzer and annette schnee <laughs> yeah this is a great segment uh this is a segment that according to a lot of fans of Unsolved Mysteries, is one of their personal favorites. I could see why. Because they like being sad and terrified? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they have an affinity for uh, the, with, with Germans. You know, these is a town full of people with some German-ass last names. Uh, wow. Okay. Fun yeah, I think I think I think they do have an affinity for being sad and terrified. I mean, look at a lot of people like the Rest Stop Murders, the Blind River Killer, you know. True. Yeah, it's not all magic rock. <laughs> no, no, it's not all magic pop rock. I mean, that, that, uh, that kind of give teaches you, you a life lesson, though, about just life in general. Life isn't all magic rocks, you know. No, I mean, no, it is not. Yeah, no. Unsolved Mysteries teaches you that like everything sucks and nothing matters. I think is the <laughs> Robert Stack was a huge nihilist, apparently. It makes you paranoid. Yeah, it definitely. Of <laughs> being like paranoid. abducted or murdered at gunpoint or some shit while you're going to the ATM yeah, the, in the middle of the, the night. The reenactments in this foreign sock murder thing are terrifying. Yeah, they are. This yeah. guy chasing this woman down a dark. Uh, I had trouble watching road. this honestly. I was like, "This yeah. is a nightmare." And you know, this is, like, this is straight out of a horror film. Now you guys saw the VH rep, VHS rip of it in in. And seeing it in that lower quality, like you would probably see it on an old TV, I think that adds to like the kind of the spooky. It makes of it, it creepier, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it adds to the mood and atmosphere, and it's a lot better than the hack job that is the Dennis Farina reboot, which is for some stupid reason is the only way to watch it. Uh, this segment on Amazon, 
is on that fucking reboot. Yeah, well, that's a that's a crime that should be investigated. Also, <laughs> you're better off just not watching it than watching the Dennis Farina one. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, this this segment here, this is classic unsolved mysteries. When I think of the show that uh, of of whom the host I have tattooed on my arm, this is the 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 episode that the, the segment that I think of. One of the segments, the style, how it was shot, how it was narrated, uh, classic. The music, yeah, cl- yeah, classic unsolved mysteries like this segment here. Even though it is, it's it's an awful case, but I mean that that kind of makes unsolved mysteries what it is 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 the fact that it is disturbing, and uh, it does instill a great deal of paranoia in you. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the '80s that was pretty fucked up that children watched, and and this was one of those many things. Yep. And yeah, I mean, I for sure uh, am more paranoid now uh, because of shows like this that I watched as a kid and because of segments like these although in this particular segment i have certain opinions of uh things that i wouldn't have done even back then but uh it was a different time different city different area of uh, the country maybe the same these things were commonplace like how these two women were hitchhiking to get everywhere uh yeah it's kind of like um yeah maybe not do that uh but then again i didn't grow up in breckenridge colorado where this happened maybe that was like uh Literally, apparently, everybody did that there. Everybody hitchhiked, which just sounds so sketchy to me because, I mean, you know, people pass through small towns all the time. Um, you know, this you- was post Ted Bundy, which is what occurred to me when I was watching this because he was yeah. killing people in Colorado. And yeah, hitchhiking this, to work. You- Yikes. That is even that is even crazier. Like I did not know it was post Ted Bundy. Like if that's the case, it's like why are you even taking the risk then? I mean, because it's already happened in this state. Well, this was also like, post internet, so this... the horse drawn carriage with the newspapers hadn't made it to Breckenridge, Colorado <laughs> yeah. yet to let them know about it, Ted Bundy. It did seem like the kind of town where everyone knows everyone. They all think that it's like a little refuge of I don't know safety. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. Thought it was safe to catch rides so it's with where people. Everybody and, knows your name. Yeah. yeah. Which today I would be like, nope. I don't yeah. trust anyone. <laughs> no, it's, dude. It's. I mean, it's, it's. It's probably best to not. Um, so you just be like a uh, Scully and be like, trust no one. Exactly. <laughs> Fun fact: uh, Annette Schnee. Her last name is German. It means snow, and this is in Colorado. Where it's very snowy. Yeah. So anyway, kind of poetic. On January seventh, nineteen eighty-two, the body of twenty-nine-year-old Bobby Oberhalter was found five miles south of Breckenridge, Colorado. She had been shot twice. An orange sock was also found at the scene, which linked her murder to that of twenty-one-year-old Annette Schnee. Schnee was found shot to death six months later on a side road of the highway, thirteen miles away. The orange sock belonged to Schnee. Police were able to determine that the woman had been killed on the same day, and that Schnee's killer. Lost the sock after he killed Oberholzer. The prime suspect became Bobby's husband, Jeff Oberholzer, which this guy, good God. Do we... John... I wrote down that Jeff Ober... Oberholzer looks like David Koresh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I don't believe that he didn't do it. Um, oh. I realize I, DNA. I yeah, he's exhausted. Samantha, okay. you're skipping ahead. Uh, but... I, 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 I don't think he did it. I don't know. I've I got Samantha a bad. Samantha just vibe. doesn't trust his facial hair. This is I true. don't. I, I I you know, fucking uh, John Denver on acid over here. I I don't really trust his face either. Uh, th- <laughs> this guy. See, he can be sketchy 
sketchy as hell and not the murderer. This could yeah, be a red exactly. herring situation. And it may yeah. be. I just thought that he seemed, I don't know. He does seem a little off. A little off. He's a little off, but he lives in Breckenridge, Colorado. So, you know, cut him Fair. some slack. Uh, I mean, that's the town where everybody hitchhiked. Th- you, uh, you got to know the people in the town. They got to know you. And they'd look for you to take over and uh, take take you over and back if you needed a ride. So they'd look for you, and then they'd take you over and back if you needed and a I ride. Mean, so it was one of those things where everybody did. We're also talking about Colorado here, the first state to legalize marijuana. So, I mean, you know, these people mentally, I think they're a little bit more freer. So he, he had... I don't think it was legalized then. Well, <laughs> I, I know, but, but you, you know, if... Colorado was the first state to legalize it. There were hippies there before. They were championing the cause for many <laughs> years before it actually happened. And this guy, Jeff Oberholzer, this guy smoked weed. I'm just saying that. I'm putting that out there. You look at his face. You look at the facial hair configuration. This guy was high. <laughs> facial hair configuration. <laughs> he was high during that interview, I would go, I would go I as mean, far as to say. Very possibly. It Maybe he was like just it. buzzed. It seemed like he just liked to kick back with a beer. Not, not everything. Some sticky. Anything, icky. any drug you had, Jeff Alberholzer would do, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, it just did. It did seem a little too coincidental that he said, "Oh, I don't know Annette. Oh, you found her business card, my business card in her wallet. I guess I did meet her once." Like Jeff. Yeah, yeah. That that was, but that's happened before on the show where somebody's like, "Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I did." But and um, were they also? Yeah, I don't remember. No, yeah. No, you want to talk about somebody who just is just guilty, all, written all over their face? <laughs> if you've ever, I don't know if you you guys have gotten to the Monica and Leonard Rizzo case yet, oh, where there's yeah, all those that's... bone fragments in the in the guy's no. backyard. Oh, that guy. I have the uh, uh the D- it's on the DVD that I have and they have commentary. That guy should have guilty stamped on his forehead. Yes, that's what he <laughs> just said, Mike. Uh, I have the DVD and it has commentary yeah. from the producers of the show, and even the producers were like, "Yeah, this guy, you could just tell he was guilty." Even from the interview, it was creepy interviewing him. There's a neon sign pointing oh. towards him. So he did it. But but this guy Jeff Olberholter here, John Denver on Speed here, uh. He, I, I don't know. I don't know if I got a guilty vibe from him because then they show, like, I think he went through some shit when uh, his wife or girlfriend, was it his girl? I think it was his, just his girlfriend, right? Or were they married? I'm not sure. Any, they were married, I think. I yeah, know. yeah. They uh, have Bob, the same last uh, name. Bobby's, yeah, Bobby's okay, so uh, his, husband his, was Jeff. His wife. So they show, like, a picture of them together, like, when, I guess, when they were younger and before he grew out that crazy beard. And he actually looked like a like a young Elton John. He looked more normal. Um, oh, see, that's when I thought he looked like David Koresh. <laughs> okay, but David Koresh wasn't a uh, he wasn't the ugliest guy in the world. I mean, that's he, true. Was, he was crazy. Un- unfortunately, I mean, he was crazy as a fucking you know. I, I can't think of an analogy right now because I woke up an hour ago. But he he you know. So I I think that uh, after his wife was murdered, I think he's like you know what fuck it man. I'm going to start just growing my facial hair out. Uh, I'm going to listen to a lot of Cat Stevens, and I'm going to smoke me some Mary Jane. <laughs> um, and that's how he looks in this, in, as he's being interviewed. Watch me get some fucking cease and desist from this guy now. Uh, according to Jeff... The Allegedly. Day- Allegedly. Yeah, yeah, all this is... Al- yeah, I put that like five minutes after I made all the accusations I said allegedly, so that takes care of it. Uh, so according that's how to- law works. <laughs> exactly. According to Jeff, the day that Bobby vanished started out as a normal day. Um, Jeff being the husband, again. Uh, Bobby left at around 
Bobby? Bobby left at around 7.15 a.m. <laughs> and hitchhiked to work. Again, wouldn't advise that, but you live your life. At 6.20 p.m., Bobby called Jeff and told him that she was out with friends. Uh, when she did not return later that night, Jeff began searching. Uh, he found out that she left the bar at around 7.30 and vanished. The next morning, a farmer found Bobby's driver's license. Now, an interesting thing in the uh, reenactment, I think they used her actual driver's license because they, they, they in the reenactment, they show them picking up the driver's license and they actually like blurred out some details on the, right. on the license. So, yes. Well, of course they did. That's what Robert Stack does. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that license. <laughs> Robert Stack, this is evidence. I don't know. We can't really have you touching that with your bare hands. No, no, no. We need it. <laughs> no, we need it for the show. We need it for unsolved mysteries. <laughs> Yeah, that, that wasn't that wasn't digitally blurred out in post production. That was just smeared after Robert Stack handled it after drinking his coffee <laughs> and eating donuts. <laughs> like, finger oils. Yep. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. No. And give me the license. Yeah. No. No. It's fine. I washed my hands. I promise. Ha, sucker! I got my grease all over it. I don't know. If you don't give me the license, you are a douchebag. Perhaps it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps it's you who's the douche. Um, so uh, the next morning, a farmer, a farmer, she's from north, north, uh, east. All of a sudden, a farmer found what the hell are you from Maine? Found now? Bobby's fucking driver's <laughs> license, kid, and her body was found soon afterwards. Uh, oh my god, this podcast would be uh, insufferable to listen to if that's what. If that's the voice that came out of uh, the speaker. And Mike, you could piss week. off there, bud. Uh, Bobby's backpack with her belongings was found thrown from the highway in a field 30 miles from town. Uh, the same day Bobby's body was found, Annette Schnee was reported missing. And I'm sorry, ladies, this is something that we do on the podcast. For anybody who's wondering, Annette Schnee was a babe. Um, Annette was a waitress from, yeah. uh, Annette was a waitress from Frisco, Colorado, who also hitchhiked to and from work. The two cases- I wish we could have a picture of my- face right now <laughs> <laughs> i will say I, i'm looking at annette's picture on from the unsolved mysteries wiki i want her hair her hair is some serious That's true. serious she hair goals great hair yeah fair faucet yes yes oh. i'm getting some fair faucet vibes i like yeah she's a classic hotness anyway um a waitress from Fisco, she also hitchhiked to and from work the two cases were immediately connected by police when they found out that bobby's husband jeff uh, had known Annette. He claimed that he picked up Annette one day and gave her a business card. Uh, it probably had his number, his phone number on the back. He's like, but the real thing is on the back of the card. And it's got like his phone number. It says, do you like me? Circle yes or no. I bet that's what was. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's what was on the back of the card. This guy seems like a creep who might do something like that. He denied any involvement in her disappearance. Uh, or of Bobby's death. Six months later, on July 3rd, 1982, Annette's body was found. Jeff's business card and the orange sock that matched the one found with Bobby were also located. Authorities tried to determine what might have happened the night of January 6th. Annette was last seen in Breckenridge at around 4 p.m. with an unidentified dark-haired woman who was described as a white female, five foot four, and a slender build. Uh, and in, in the uh, segment, they were saying uh, they looked like they were having intense conversation. Now, now, what what could they be doing from far away where a, an onlooker would be like, oh, man, that's some intense conversation right there. Are they, like, just staring at each other's eyes, just, like, speaking <laughs> I mean, very I'm quickly? I mean, assuming it's a hand gesture, 
I don't know. The reenactment didn't look that intense. No. No. Like, you would think an intense thing would be, like, really uh, uh, wavy hands, just just being super uh, demonstrative, and maybe, like, the middle finger or something. <laughs> like blur how it I'm out, always talking you know? to Samantha. Yeah. <laughs> if you videotaped our recording of our podcast. <laughs> you would be surprised. That's what you'd see. By my hand gestures and constant giving of the bird. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> to submit, you're just flicking Samantha off. Uh, yeah, right now. Why do you think we chose podcast as our medium? <laughs> we knew we could never get this. Liz Tell has us. horrible Tourette's, uh, and and it's just you know un- unwatchable. But you know what? That I just came up with your first perk when you start your Patreon, uh, a video uh, portion or the video <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's what everyone's been waiting for. Exactly. For the have. for the fifty dollar and up tier, you get to see Liz's awful physical Tourette's as she flicks off Amanda, not even in context of what they're talking about. It's not like Samantha did something to piss off Liz. She's just doing it. Um, you know, that's just yeah. how we are. Us wrapped in quilts, <laughs> trying to stay warm, giving each other the bird. Yep. I'm hoping you guys are like sitting together, like on a piano bench wrapped in a quilt, like just huddled together, like just for can, warmth. Yeah. Yeah. I, need that's, body heat. Like, like it's like a sleepover type situation. This is turning yeah, weird. Um, anyway, um, authorities tried to determine what might have happened the night of January 6th. Uh, oh, I already read that. Oh, no, I didn't. Annette was slashing in Breckeridge. No, I did already read that. Slender build. I'm not editing out any of this. Um, a totally professional podcast. Very, very professional. Right um, I'm not reading <laughs> off a script, by the way. This is all from recollection. Uh, the killer picked up Annette and attempted to sexually assault her while she was putting her clothes on. She forgot to put on the other orange sock and attempted to escape. The killer then shot Annette in the back, leaving her body in the snow. He apparently returned to Breckenridge, where he picked up his second victim, Bobby Alberholzer. The killer also tried to rape her. As she attempted to escape, the orange sock fell out of his vehicle. She was uh, shot twice as she escaped over a snow embankment at the side of the highway. She also died in the deep snow. Um, On this... uh on the unsolved mysteries website they're talking about the case and and i i just i they're talking about this horrific scene and of, of attempted rape and then they're like when bobby escaped from the vehicle the booty fell out i'm like why do they call they call it a booty like, in the show once too yeah and yeah yeah the orange sock is a booty i'm like just didn't why just I mean, what, what was it? That what, term? Was it like a like a two month old running out of the van or something? <laughs> like, the booty. Or like a hospital booty? Like that's what I. <laughs> I mean, orange socks. Can you can you think of an uglier sock than, no. than an orange? They were really ugly. An orange sock. Maybe it was some sort of weird booty. I don't know. I mean, unless you're like a cross country skier. Uh, that's for some reason those are the only people I can imagine wearing. Or like... or or you work at night and you need to be seen. Uh, by uh, people on the street. You need your feet to be seen. Your ankles need to be visible. You need your ankles need to your ankles need to be visible as well as the rest of your body. So, but yeah, no, dude, this was (laughs) this was a brutal reenactment. Like even watching it, oh yeah, like Like, awful. If there was ever a test to see if I wasn't a serial killer, uh, this would be a good test because I watched this and I'm just like, this is fucking awful. Uh, I would never like what, why, who, where, how, like what. Why would you do this? You know, it's like don't be a dick. And this at is... the same time, why why was she spending so much time trying to put on a sock? Like she just run out, right? I mean, I understand it's uh, in the snow and it sucks. I don't think it would have mattered. 
Yeah. No, Sadly, it wouldn't have mattered. Unfortunately. Yeah. And that's also kind of speculation on their part. I think they don't know yeah. what happened. Yeah, that's true. They don't exactly know. They're not going to be like, oh my God, I need to find my other orange sock. Where's the other orange they sock? Be, they're, they're not matching. I can't, I can't. could have suffered from a severe OCD. Like, even though this I is can't, a very. I can't escape. I can't, I can't leave. This is a very serious but she moment. But she did escape though. But then she got shot in the back. So it didn't matter. Yeah. According to the horrific horror movie reenactment, it seemed like they were in the mountains in the woods. Yeah. So she probably would have needed a sock had she escaped. To or keep at her least her warm. boots. Yeah. At least her boots. Yeah, there's a ugh. this is this reenactment's hard to watch. I definite trigger warning on this one. I think it's awful. <laughs> it kind of like a horror movie. Yeah. You know, it's like the crazy thing is like I'm I'm able to watch stuff like this, but any unsolved segment that deals with like animal abuse of any kind, there's like there's only like two or three in the entire in the entire the dogs, of the, show. Uh, the, do- the dog, the uh, the dog kennel arson. Yeah. Oh, like, I've seen that one. That one's bad. It's like I can watch people die but but for some reason animals i'm just i just can't watch it i i i physically uh can't there's one the uh the uh the abuse of bubba the seal uh, nope didn't watch it can't watch it nope don't even want to hear about it Aww. that sounds horrible i don't know yeah. what that is but i don't want to watch it either yeah they named it bobo how can anything yeah. happen in god's green earth to a thing called bobo yeah. Which, by the way, it, it, I got to ask you, ladies, this has been kind of a thing that was recurrent on our podcast for a while. Do you, do you ladies know what the term Bobo means if you call, refer to something <laughs> as Bobo? No. Do we want to know what yeah. that means? Well, I, I don't know either. I'm like about to Google it really fast to find out if we should just leave. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm blown away right now because I guess I've learned uh, from our, our listeners that this is a regional slang. And in the South, uh, if you refer to something as Bobo, that means it's a cheap knockoff. Oh. And, and the yeah, amount no, of, that's not something we say. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's crazy. Like, some people were commenting and they're like, no, we have no idea what that means. And then other people are like, oh, yeah, I say that all the time. And it's, uh, it's, it's funny. Well, now I'll know for the future when I'm buying cheap knockoffs. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, Maybe it, this will so... be something we start saying in the North. <laughs> Let's yeah, spread it around. The, the the unsolved mysteries uh, reboot with Dennis Farina is definitely Bobo. Yeah, there you go, Mike. <laughs> yeah. See, see, you're already that learning. That could be the definition right there. Yeah, usually it's uh, in the context of man, look at you in your Bobo ass shirt or Bobo ass shoes. It's something like that. Uh, so oh. anyway, we'll go ahead and uh, finish this case off because we actually have some questions for you ladies. Because I posed a thing on our Facebook group, which I haven't plugged any of this shit. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. Uh, if you want to like our fan page, which is pointless because uh, it's not as nearly as interactive as our thriving Facebook group, which you just go to Facebook and search Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries in the group section, I guess, and it should come up. Um, but anyway, let me finish this up and we'll get to those questions. Um, Jeff Oberholzer was once considered a suspect, but he has since been cleared. Um, he took a, a polygraph and passed. Uh, po- I-, I thought you were going to be like, he took a bowl and smoked it. <laughs> And then, that, and then that was for the interview. <laughs> Police still consider him a sus or no, they do not. And uh whatever. Yeah, he was also cleared the DNA didn't match his later. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, despite there, Samantha's sum- suspicions, yeah. it probably wasn't him. <laughs> I'm just suspicious of people so, with bad beards, all right? It's fine. I get it. Suspicious Samantha over here. That's a, <laughs> He's uh, suspicious yeah. of everyone. This is true. <laughs> That's true. 
So uh, this is a quote from Jeff Oberholter where he's talking about his innocence. As far as the finger being pointed at me, I'm still very, very angry about that. If different agencies had pursued different avenues and not concentrated so much on trying to find me guilty, we may have found out who did this to these girls. Yeah, well, yeah I mean, fair enough. They kind of have to look at the husband first. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is usually the husband. Like, sorry, Jeff, so... but it usually is. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, that's it's true. Um, and this mystery is still unsolved. Brutal case. I mean, if you don't hate men before watching true crime shows, not gonna help. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Kind of true. On that note, what questions did you want to ask? <laughs> As Robert Stack once put it, if you're looking for, uh, what is it? If you're looking for a devious gender, it is the male. Oh, well, there you go. Robert Stack is never well, wrong. There are there are a few exceptions though when it comes to female. Marie Hilly. Like, uh, <coughs> yep. Yep. Um. All right. So we uh. We said, um, if you have any questions for Samantha and Liz, uh, post them. And we had uh, four people, surprisingly. It's like when you have a birthday party, you know, and I already burned this joke on Twitter, but I'll burn it again. It's like when you have a birthday party and you invite all these people and no one shows up and you feel like an idiot. That's how I always feel whenever I ask my group any questions. Because <laughs> I'm like, what if I ask the question and nobody answers and I just look like a doofus, you know? Like, well, look at that loser. He asked a question. No one's even reading it. And it brought up a bunch of insecurities from my childhood in high school that I don't want to talk about. Okay, getting to the questions here. Um, this one's from Ariel Smith. Um, Liz and Samantha, what what one or two segments of Unsolved Mysteries stand out as most memorable or most scary? You can give more than one or two, please! Exclamation point. Oh, this is so easy. Kurt McFall. But really, the Kurt McFall one is the one that started it for us. So that one has to be one of our favorites. Magic Rock. And the magic rock. I realize you guys didn't think there was that much to talk about. We could talk about the magic rock. Like every podcast could be about the magic rock. Liz Liz has a theory about the magic rock segment. I'm just thinking of Fraggle Rock. That's what I'm thinking of. (laughs) Yeah. Come to magic rock. Nothing beats the reenactment of that guy sitting in the stream stroking the rock. Gaining its luck. I yeah, I personally I think you, that segment was completely made up by Unsolved Mysteries just to like lighten the mood. Yeah, like a, yeah, we talked like a to... lot of missing women, you know, yeah. particularly children. towards the beginning before they do so many yeah. UFO ones. So they were like, let's come up with a happy mystery. And there's basically yeah. none. So they, they ended they up do with this stuff like that. Yeah, there's uh, miracle. The miracle segments are pretty uh, hilarious. Yeah, we can't get uh, in, we can't one. get into the we can't get into all the miracle segments, or we'll be here all day. No, I'm really looking forward to discussing a fraud at a nudist colony. Oh, yes. dude, that one's so yes. good. That's that's a great one. Rusty. We haven't discussed yeah. that on our show yet, but I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, we talked about that one. That guy is a douchebag. Well, that guy's terrible, but I just. All the the naked uh, reenactments are pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Robert Stack also talking about nudist colony with a straight face yeah, is, is pretty classic. Thing of beauty. He had to. I guarantee you he had to ask how much he was getting paid again before he started uh, the narration for that segment. <laughs> All right, you you, you, there, you said I'm making how much for this? Okay, I'll talk about nudists. Okay. <laughs> I do want Because I'm pretty that sure yacht. he did that yeah. for the magic rock, too. It was like some magic rock that 
gives people luck. What what is this bullshit? <laughs> we've, we've mentioned this before on our podcast, and I think I think you ladies have mentioned it too. But Stack, like when he's talking about something he really doesn't believe in, he always gives this cheeky little grin at the yeah, end. Yeah, he's smirking for sure. <laughs> it's kind of like he's sharing like a wink with the audience. It's yeah, like, don't worry, I know this is bullshit. <laughs> Just make it through this segment, and I'll talk about some more murders. Uh, although yeah. I like the fanciful alien ghosts, that's my favorite shit. I know that most people they they like the the true crime stuff, but uh, I, I'm I, in. I like that it's a mix, though. Yeah, you get a smorgasbord of different stories. That's what makes unsolved mysteries so good. Yeah. is that it's a smorgasbord. It's a blend of different unsolved cases. It's not just true crime only. Right. I wouldn't I watch mean, a, a whole show of Lost Loves, but one every so yeah, often. Yeah, nice. yeah, Lost Loves is some of the... I, I tend to skip a decent amount of those, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Yeah, they 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 brought in like the uh, the same pianist that did the music for the touching moments in Full House, where shit would get real. <laughs> they brought in that same guy for the Lost Loves, and it was just a whole segment of that, uh, basically. Okay, moving on to our next guy here. We got... Uh, well, I think it's a yeah, it's a, it's a dude. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, this guy, this is guy's from Australia, and he's one of our Patreon supporters. So thank you, Sean. Oh, Sean. Hello. Sean. Oh, hello, Mr. Deep Pockets over here. <laughs> oh, la <laughs> Sean Brett asks, or he says, hi, Liz and Sam and Mike and Josh. Um, you're allowed one more and, Sean. Um, you're getting over your allotment here. Have, have, ter- have John and Terry been in contact with you about any issues like they have with Mike and Josh and the Stack Pack guys? I love listening to all the podcasts. Keep up the oh, good work. Wow, they contacted the Stack Pack Yeah, guys. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah, yeah the Stack Pack had to, had to redo some of their music I saw on Instagram. We haven't had that problem, and mainly it's because we had seen what you guys went through, and we knew... because. When we first started this, we were like, yeah, let's use some music. Let's use Robert Stack's voicing. Perhaps it's We you. gave some warnings to you guys. Yeah, like, right so we, we have like, not yeah, included no. any logos or music <laughs> or really anything for the show. And we tried to stay unofficial as much as possible. Yes. So, so far, you know, knock on wood, it hasn't been an issue yet. So we have you guys to thank because we would yeah. have gone full out. Oh, no, we would be in so much trouble right now. <laughs> we would have, yeah, we'd be sued. We'd be, we wouldn't even have the podcast. Probably so, yeah. not. Yeah, they would have taken my dog. It would have been terrible. <laughs> I'm just imagining that John and Terry just being their lawyers showing up and be like, we're taking your dog. <laughs> no! <laughs> Not Lenny Briscoe! Not Lenny Briscoe no. I don't know why they're such dicks about that. All we're doing is like Ooh. making their show more relevant and more, uh, you know, like keeping with the times and keep keeping it uh, talked about and in the minds of people because i mean we're all on the younger side we're not in our 60s and 70s we're not the core demographic that was watching back when it was on on the air we grew up watching this stuff so now we're passing it on to our generation and possibly younger people Mm -hmm. so i mean i don't know why in the earth and that's why i always say john and terry are so old school hollywood in their thinking of well when someone's copying or when they're, they're taking any aspect of your show fuck fair use uh, we're going to slap them with a cease and desist. And it's like, you guys don't get it, do you? You don't fucking understand how I mean, we works. love them. And we think they're great people, and we hope to never hear from them. Thank you. It does boggle my mind because I love listening to Game of Thrones podcasts. And there's some stuff out there on those podcasts where they use the theme song, where they use clips. And I'm like, if HBO isn't going after these people, what what is Unsolved Mysteries doing? <laughs> 
Right, because, like, you know, it's like they probably understand that, oh, we need to let fan communities yeah, flourish. Yeah, it's good for the fan base. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, some people get it, some people don't. I think I heard one episode of Stack Pack, and I, I, I did hear that they were using the music, and I was just like, ooh, you guys are in for an adventure up ahead. If you keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Because I used the I used the music, but I created it on my music program. I, I, I made a cover of it. Like, that was... I made every aspect of the theme it was just a cover of the original which again and even the logo we used was a stylized version of oh. the unsolved mysteries logo yeah. that i found online it wasn't even really the exact same unsolved mysteries logo right. it had different font and was different you would think that would be different enough and i put the uncovering thing over on top so you think it would be different enough that it could be considered to be fair use, uh, fair yeah. use, but it wasn't. Yeah. All right, moving on. We got Brian Bradley asks, uh, I thought of a better question. Liz and Sam, uh, I guess he, I guess he knows you personally, Sam. He's, he's shortening <laughs> your name already. Uh, People do that. It's fine. Uh, he, he goes, if you were to be a crime fighter or a crime fighting mystery solving duo, would you be a Sam and Dean Winchester B Daphne and Velma from Scooby Doo or Thelma and Louise. Oh, or Thelma and Louise, except without no, the suicide. We would be the Thelma. women from the Keepers. We prefer the old ladies from the Keepers who go around offering people uh. crab cakes for information. That is our retirement plan. Look forward to us solving mysteries oh. in our old age. Okay, I'm. I had no idea that's what the Keepers like has like old women like handing out crab cakes. There's only one that's, moment that's... of it where she's trying to get this guy to talk to her, and he clearly doesn't want to. And she's like, "So, what if I bought you a, a crab cake?" Because they're in Maryland, or I—that's probably just what people do. But the guy's like, "Well, in that case, yeah." <laughs> so I was just like, "That—that that would be me." They're just these little old ladies who like spend all their day, their entire day at the library, and like trying to solve the murder of Sister Kathy, yeah. and it's very admirable. And that's what we're gonna do when we retire. Is yeah, it, I'm guessing the Keepers is uh, yet another movie I haven't seen. It's a, no, it's it's a mini series on Netflix. I haven't seen it yet either. Ah, okay. Oh right. well. That's what you can do over your Thanksgiving break. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to oh catch up God, on. All these Marvel shows, Stranger Things, season two. Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from John Northcote. He goes, Liz and Samantha, what is your all-time favorite Unsolved Mysteries ghost episode and UFO episode? My man, Johnny. He knows what I like. I love the crop circles episode because there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a moment where an expert says very seriously that one of their theories was thousands of tiny hedgehogs marching in a circle. Oh, yes. <laughs> Which is, I'm still going with that theory. I think it's, that's how uh, it's plausible. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's definitely Skeptics. my favorite. <laughs> he, uh, that's, that's, that's totally worthy of the skeptic whistle. We broke that yeah, out. When, hold, when, on, uh, hold, we, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You gotta... Um... <laughs> that sounds like skepticism right there. I don't know that I have a favorite ghost. Do you have a favorite ghost episode? I love the General Wayne in because of that ghost head. The ghost, I mean, favorite ghost, like literally individual ghost is the ghost head. Right. In general, the ghost segments aren't aren't our favorite. I, I love the alien. We recently did the missing time. Dude, segment. that's a great How one. can you not like that one? Come on now. That's that uh, unironically unironically that's a that's a scary segment that was good liz liked it because she's a huge fan of the x-files it's so long though it, it was a long i, I don't believe that hypnotist at all bob yeah. hopkins 
Yeah, he was implanting those memories. Hey, this this interview's Bud over. Hopkins. I, 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 yeah, got, Bud Hopkins. I can't. I can't. I just <laughs> my I can't right now. I tried, and they're 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 making fun of Bud or Bob, whatever his name is. You can. T- I'm a, his name is oh, Bud. Oh, maybe it is yeah. Bud. I think you're right. It's Bud. Bud just wanted to talk a lot about sperm and probing. <laughs> yeah, I think he's just a perv. <laughs> In you a guys. way that made me think that that was just his weird fantasy. I think he's just into that. I don't think that has anything to do with UFOs. I think that has a lot to do with Mr. Hopkins. I mean, you know, <laughs> and well, yeah, okay, I'll fine. Say, if that's and that's thing. fine, but maybe don't implant those memories <laughs> to other people. I don't know, man. That's that's one of my favorite segments, uh, along with Allagash abductions. But I mean, dude, the lady who the the girl who uh, she's in the car with her mom, or, or her mom leaves, and she's just stuck with her sister. Oh, and- those children that get heat stroke in the middle yeah. of the desert in a hot car. No, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't heat stroke. They go outside and they see something, and then they <laughs> they go and hide under the the steering wheel and all this other kind. Of, and then the next memory is they're just driving really fast, dude. That was that was freaky. It still freaks me out to think about. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to get heat stroke either. Okay, I'm gonna need you get guys to get more freaked out by this now. But I don't. I don't want to get heat be, be, have the same fear and childlike wonder that I do for this segment. <laughs> Is there an episode of Unsolved Mysteries about Resurrection Mary? Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay, I'm looking forward to that then. That's that's a lot of people's actually, that's their number one ghost, uh, favorite ghost segment from Unsolved I, Mysteries. I do like that ghost story. And I think I kind of remember that from a kid, that Unsolved Mysteries segment. But that's originally what, from Chicago, so I have a soft spot in my heart for resurrection yeah, the, the civil war ghost is another good one that one always seemed to creep me out because these people they go into an elevator they go down to this basement level and the doors open up and it's like they're just looking at the inside of some uh civil war era sort of hospital where people are just all messed up and yeah all right oh uh, well my my, my, my favorite would probably be black hope curse or tallman house uh, ghost. well yeah i mean tallman tallman ghost is great that scream is 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 classic oh, man. so so is the one the one with uh the 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 fat guy who has like the hot wife that one with the exploding light bulb and things oh, like that oh yeah the movie. alan the uh lake whales haunting i believe is the name of that one yeah Alan Mann. Yeah, well, it's, who is one big man? It's too bad you ladies can't see those because they're not on Amazon Prime, and there's no way that that you can see them or that they can be seen. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So you well, might as well imagine. stop. Yeah, just actually, if you join a certain group called Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries, uh, never mind. Okay, our last question is from Diana Standen, uh, and she asks, "What mystery would you most like to see solved?" Oh, oh man, that's a good question. What mystery would I most like to see in your travels of covering the Amazon Prime episodes? Um, or anyone, I guess, on Unsolved Mysteries. There was one, um, and I want to say it stands out to me because of how sad it was. It was like this guy who lost all his memories and just wandered off. Oh, that oh, one. We just yeah, covered yeah, it. And yeah. it made me so sad because yeah. he seemed like the nicest guy. He had like seven kids. They all really loved him. And it seemed like he was just wandering around doing odd jobs, even though he had a family. And no one ever figured out where he went or what happened to him. That's, that one's heartbreaking. I would like to see that one solved just because it made me so fucking sad. 
That see that yeah. happens so much. Like as you go on and watching these uh, episodes, you'll find that amnesia is such a common theme in unsolved mysteries that it's hard for me. Oh to even, yeah, they they just, love an amnesia story. Well, they also just throw it out randomly. Like maybe uh, they had amnesia. Maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, well, our theory is the reason why any mysterious or weird thing happens that people do in unsolved mysteries. It's either schizophrenia or amnesia. Like those are the two. Things. What about the devil? Satan. Or hmm, Satan. Perhaps uh, Satan. <laughs> or if it was a woman, she was probably worshipping witch demons in her negligee. Yes, that one is great. I love that. It's one of my favorites. And Sigmund. I All kind right. of would like to know what happened in that priest murder, too. Also, yeah, that's murder. another good one. And and Anne, where the hell is she? Yeah. She's probably older now. She and, did and disappear. Can't do anything, she was never but... found. I assume that the devil helped her escape. Yeah, I'm fine with it, really. <laughs> Another common theme, if you guys like keep up with uh, Unsolved Mystery stuff now, if you try to look for updates, 90% uh, of, of the people who are on Unsolved Mysteries now are dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, did that's what we found. Um, like, we'll do an update or we'll talk to this person, that person. It's like, oh, yeah, they died in 2007. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're like 40, apparently, and the show we like is 60 years ago, and that's cool. I thought it was more recent, but apparently it's not. I mean, Jesus, like, what are the Saved by the Bell kids getting Social Security right now or something? Like, how old am I? I mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That, that that might actually be true. I saw, <laughs> I saw some guy at, at uh, one of these uh, gigs that I DJ at, and he had the most pristine... Yeah, they were referred to as penis haircuts back in the day, uh, <laughs> where it's parted down the middle. The hair—it's like like Brad oh, improvement. Sure. Like he ha he was like in his forties, but his his hair had that exact pristine part down the middle thing, and I'm just like, oh my god, like this guy. I believe other people called those bowl cuts, but no, okay. it wasn't a bowl cut because it's, it's different. Oh. It's different than a bowl cut. Okay. It's not like um, it's not like Mo from the Three Stooges. Like that to me is a bowl no, cut. I, I you're talking about it was a very 90s hairdo everyone uh, had that hairdo maybe it was just me and my fucked up group of friends that called it a penis yeah haircut. well i mean so, sometimes in in on unsolved mysteries you also see a lot of just bad fashion bad hair big chunky glasses yeah, i don't know what you're oh, talking yes. about Mike. we always oh, rate the fashion awesome. it's a it's a great time capsule of my youth we also rate out of robert stack so I'd say the the segments we chose for this this episode were pretty good. I think I would give them a solid four and a half out of five Robert but, stacks. Yeah, I guess I would give them four Robert stacks. Yeah. Every single one gets four and a half Robert Ooh. stacks. I mean, we're gonna average it out. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's generally what we do. So I got a question for both of you. Um, what what are your thoughts on the Dennis Farina reboot, and uh, why do you not like it? Why do you Th think it failed? Does anyone like it? I mean, there, that's that what I'd like to question. know. <laughs> yeah, I, I just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't have the charm and the the magic of the original, really. I don't know that it's all his fault. It might be sort of the editing style and the it music. It seems like it's and, trying a little too hard. I don't know. It doesn't. Something, I mean, he's no Robert Stack. Maybe after more time passes, it'll seem better. No. But, no. I, can, I, can t no. I can tell you exactly if, if you go on my uh, YouTube channel, uh, I made a I did a whole video about this. And this is how Mike first found me. I break down exactly what sucks about the uh, the revamp because I put a lot of time into thinking about it. 
and uh, I had a lot of free time a few years ago when I made the video so I don a trench coat and everything it's 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 worth watching I'll I'll post it somewhere um oh we'll have so, to check it out yeah so you can see we really about. haven't even bothered watching yeah it's kind of, of it. like not worth my time no it's yeah. not it's really not and you're not missing anything and it's really just gonna make you just sad um just to, to because there's just a lot of just early 2000s bullshit. I mean, in it, even so. Law and Orders with Dennis Farina aren't very good. So I mean, you have like uh, Google Map uh, shots that are strewn throughout every, almost every segment, which just severely dates the. Look at this uh, new technology series. we have. Let's use it in the show <laughs> to make it look modern, and let's add rock music in the background instead of creepy music, and let's use a bunch of. Just heinous editing effects and bright flashes to in between segments. And, and let's not have any new segments. Let's just have everything is just old stories and segments from the original show, and the original reenactments just cut to shit, uh, and set to shitty rock music. Yeah, that, that's that's a great idea. Well, we see you guys and, have oh, because a lot it's, of strong because it's on, because it's on Spike Television for Men. Manly, <laughs> which I find I I always found ironic because Lifetime aired Unsolved Mysteries, and then Spiked TV aired the reboot. What do you think that about says it all an, right there. another reboot? What do you think about another reboot? I mean, like, I I've heard them talk a about new it. Reboot with new crimes because Unsolved Mysteries solved a lot of crimes. Yeah, yeah. So I. Just for that, I don't know that it would be good television. I don't know that you could get enough people to watch it. But just let's cr crowdsource some crime solving. Get people to call in the hotline and say, yeah, that dirtbag's down the street. Yeah. Go get him. We want to work at the hotline. Yeah, also we want to work at the Call us. We'd like to work there. Yeah. I think it would be a perfect, this is perfect timing to bring it back because true crime is like huge. Uh, not only on other podcasts, but on TV. There's like entire networks devoted to true crime. And uh, also, d don't just bring back Unsolved Mysteries just to do like Forensic Files cases. Like, also cover the more uh, crazy stuff, the ghosts and, and the uh, UFOs and the Bigfoots and, and, and the monsters and the Chupacabras and all that kind of stuff. Apparently there's a lot uh, of Bigfoots in Minnesota. Yep. Or or lost loves. Just just keep the variety. I don't want to see it come back and just. Oh sure, no. You need you need a little of everything. Some scammy psychics. Some. <laughs> that was a great the, the fraud no, segment with the. No, if they could keep the, out uh, treasure, that would really make Samantha ha happy. <laughs> that was that was a great that that was a great episode y'all did about. There's <laughs> never treasure. There's never a treasure. Like I was listening to that going yes, that is so funny because there is never a fucking treasure. <laughs> There's never a treasure, and for some reason, these guys that supposedly find this treasure have to, like, rebury it in the ground. <laughs> like, there's nowhere else to put it. And I can like, never find it again. I, I swear I buried it. it's lost forever. Yeah. I buried it in tarnation. <laughs> I just cannot find where I put it. Oh, well. But you can still pay me to come on your show and talk about it. That's where the real treasure is. The most is. plausible one is the Nazi treasure one. Like that one somewhat yeah, makes that, sense. To yeah, that that one does. And it was the Marcos Buddha one, which I don't think y'all have gotten to. That one, there was a treasure. That's a legitimate treasure. But, okay, but yeah. yeah King one. Marcos stole it and just was like, yeah, I want that. And they tortured. Anyway. And I'm going to torture this guy. Yeah. When you guys get to, I don't uh, know if that's on the, the Amazon Prime or whatever, but if you guys get to. We will 
find out. Yeah, that's that's a really good treasure one, actually. It was good enough to where it made the Ultimate Collection box set. Um, but yeah, it's, it sucks. We're running out of time. I know you guys have a, a, a book uh, a book club that you got to do. Uh, what are you reading? So we are, we're in a true crime book club, and this month we read Without a Doubt by Marsha Clark in honor of O.J. Simpson getting out of jail. Uh, so I'm we already, always uh, we only it's you know it's not the type of book club where we knit and sit around reading the latest romance. Uh, and, it's always gruesome tea. murder. You're 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 not sitting around sipping tea and eating. Well, I mean, uh, I am sipping and, tea, but we're talking about murders. <laughs> this right. is actually how Samantha and I know each other. Yes, we met through the book club. Oh, that's cool. I cool. I need to go out and cool. be sociable and make friends, but eh, that maybe we'll Skype out. you in sometime for the book club. Okay. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, He's like, can- no, <laughs> never do that. No, we appreciate you guys uh, inviting us onto your show. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll have thank to come. You. We'll have to pick yeah. an Amazon an Amazon episode for you guys to watch, and you can come on our show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sure, that'd be fun. Wh- where can people find you guys uh, for your podcast? Where can they find you on the web, etc.? So we're on iTunes, Google Play, pretty much everywhere you can get your podcasts. You can check us out online at perhapsitsyou.com. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Perhaps It's You. And people can email us at Perhaps It's You Podcast at gmail.com. That's awesome. Um, yeah, they are so much more on top of their social media shit than we are. I just made a Twitter account like one night a few nights ago because I was like, we don't I don't even have I don't even have an Instagram account. I'm like, Insta what? Yeah. But we're... how will you see people's <laughs> mustaches if you don't have an Instagram account? <laughs> We pick a favorite yeah, mustache every yeah. episode and post it on Instagram. It's, oh, you should yeah, get an Instagram uh-huh. just for that. You know, there's an Instagram account and it's called like People of Unsolved Mysteries or something. Yes, and, it's amazing. Yeah, that one's that one's good. The other one that's good is Unsolved Mysteries Gifts, where they have just the yeah. most hilarious five seconds of each reenactment. Yeah, I, I remember uh, there's a great gif of this like kid who's like acting. He's not even acting scared. Like some guy comes up behind him and he's just like. There's no emotion. There's no reaction whatsoever. Like this guy comes up behind him and is like, is like grabbing him, and he's just like, well, eh, whatever. <laughs> They're pretty funny. Yep. Some guy's gonna kidnap me. Uh, there's one of my favorite clips from Unsolved Mysteries, the one we talked about. Uh, that that one guy who's like, uh, is, is that you? Like, remember that one where the guy he's talking to the, the guy went missing or whatever, and he was accused of murder or something, and and he looks like a homeless dude. And so this guy comes in and, and and corners him later, and then he like freaks out. He's like, "Oh my god, no!" <laughs> and then runs. Off. I don't. These are things that. that work great as gifts on Instagram. Yeah. So get on Instagram. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And oh, our uh, real quick, our uh, our our shit is uh, uh me and Mike. If you want to see more of us uh, separately but equally, you can find us on YouTube. It's YouTube.com for Mike. Uh, YouTube.com/slash/OCP Communications. Uh, he does movie reviews, and he gets pretty passionate sometimes. Gets pretty angry. Uh, it's frightening. Um, he's usually drunk when he's doing them. <laughs> um, my, none of that's true. The link might be true. Mine is um, uh, youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. That's multiple ghosts, not just one ghost. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff. I do movie. Because that would just be sad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ghost needs friends. <laughs> Uh, I do move reviews, game, video game reviews, taste tests. I do fucking everything. You're just going to have to go there and check it out for yourself. Dancing with a ghost. No, don't confuse them, Mike. It's dancing with ghosts. <laughs> um, we're, uh, yeah, we're, rate us on iTunes, whatever. Uh, we we have a new Twitter account that I just mentioned, and we have like 11 followers. 
because I haven't promoted it whatsoever, but it's at uncovering UM. So uncovering and then UM. I over explain things sometimes. And uh, I, I actually tagged you guys because, uh, you know, we're doing this collaboration or whatever. And I did a bang up Photoshop job of our logos together as one logo. Oh, to where it says, check that out. It says perhaps it's uncovering unexplained mysteries. And it's just, I mean, the Photoshop is a 10 out of 10. If I can just brag on myself for a little bit. Five out of the five Robert Stacks. Yes. I mean, did I just take two of the pictures and lay them on top of each other? No. It might look that way, but more went into it than that. Uh, so, yeah, check uh -huh. out our Twitter sure. account. Um, so, anyway, for me and Mike and uh, Liz and Samantha, who I think I'm starting to be able to tell their voices apart as to which one's which at, at, towards the end of this, I, I'm, I'm getting the tones and characteristics of each person's voice now so I can, like, tell them apart. Um, we are two different people. I don't yes. believe that. I don't believe you are. I think it's just one person. Um and uh, it might not even be a person. It might just be a figment of my imagination. Maybe that's why uh, they they don't like aliens that much, because maybe they are. That's to throw you alien. off the scent. Don't tell them our secret. <laughs> there are illegal Canadian aliens in this country, you know, because that's a big problem. Illegal Canadian immigration in Minnesota. I'm saying things that may not be. Probably. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I mean Anyway, uh, thank you guys again, and uh, for everybody else, um, bye. Bye. See ya. What's up, guys? The new Dancing with Ghosts album that I have been working on is out now. You can buy it on iTunes or Bandcamp.com or anywhere else online where music is sold. Uh, if you go on Bandcamp, you can get a CD, a compact disc. Isn't that old school and retro of me? Remember those? Uh, or you could just message me on Facebook and say, hey, I want a copy of your CD and I will mail it out to you. But uh, yeah, it's out now and it is it is finished and it's uh, some good stuff. So uh, if you want to go out and check that out, then uh, like I said, search iTunes anywhere else. Uh, music is sold online or go to bandcamp.com and search Dancing with Ghosts. Thank you. I'm pulling up the wikias here because this is, uh, I mean, I think you guys use it too. It's our little behind the scenes thing here. We rely heavily on the Unsolved yeah, Mysteries and we don't. We don't hide it at all. No. We need it to live. Dude, back back in the day, back in the Dizzy, I used to like, I used to type that shit up like word for word. I would, I'd be like hitting pause constantly and rewinding and be like, oh, I missed that line. And I would like hand type out all the fucking, uh, all the segments we would cover, like all the notes, like I would type out transcripts. It was crazy. That's very dedicated. So it much shows work. your 17 years of experience. <laughs> yeah, well, back in my day, you had to use a typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> and here, Samantha and I, we just show up. We assume there's no other Unsolved Mysteries podcast. Here we go. We're ready to roll. We're going to yeah. be the number one podcast. We're going to be the number one podcast. We know nothing. We don't even have a Robert Stack tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know, man. You guys, uh, 
Do you yeah. own any Unsolved Mysteries uh, on DVD? Nope. We do not. You know, you said that a little too proudly. A little too... <laughs> <laughs> a little too happy about that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not happy expensive. about it, but yeah. It's really you're, you're, hey, look, you're not going to come into this house with any kind of disrespect <laughs> for Robert Stack or Unsolved Mysteries, okay? We, have, we, we have... wouldn't be doing this if we had disrespect in our hearts. No, sometimes he wears the high-waisted pants. I don't support that. But. <laughs> I, just, I just remember you describing his clothing one time, and you said something about double-breasted, this, that, and the other. I'm like, this is... I never thought I'd hear uh, his his clothing broken down in such a uh, specific <laughs> way. I mean, he's dressed pretty impeccably, usually. <laughs> he's got the pocket squares. Yeah. Uh-huh. We right. noticed these things. That's, that's I saw hilarious. I saw a guy in the bus recently who had a trench coat on, and I was just um, immediately was like Robert Stack. Did you just yell that at him with <laughs> no, no context whatsoever? That, that would be hilarious, though. Be like Robert Stack. Robert Stack. <laughs> Is you? What's up, mysteries? <laughs> Back from the grave. Your khaki trench coat. <laughs> I think that all the time too. Whenever I see a trench coat, I feel like they're coming back a little bit. It was a gray one, but Robert's worn gray ones before on the show too. So he hasn't just done khaki all the time. I, are you yeah. sure? Like he breaks out the gray one every now and then, like very rarely. <laughs> the tan one is the legendary one, though. Yeah, that's the one that looks like McGruff the crime dog. That's why. Yeah, the, or, or what What's I. What's interesting is before the show even uh, aired, uh, there was a parody on a show called uh, a movie called Amazon Women on the Moon. And your favorite it, movie, got it? Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies, and uh, it's a, it's a really funny uh, '80s uh, comedy satire sort of a sketch movie, and uh, there was something called Bullshit or Not. And so they they had uh, I I didn't really realize this until now, but Hammer Silva has a trench coat and everything, and this is before Unsolved oh. Mysteries. So are you trying uh, to say that Robert Stack didn't pioneer the trench coat? That he didn't invent <laughs> the trench coat himself? No, I'm just oh. saying that I thought it was interesting <laughs> that I don't know. That's what I heard. Yeah. I still, it's interesting when, that you had Henry Unfortunately, when I think trench coat, I still feel like they're a little too Columbine-y uh, for, for, for me to wear, personally. Well, uh, just a black it's, it's one, a different though. kind of trench coat. Like, come on. Like, yeah. Stack has the tie and the shirt underneath it. I think if you're not wearing it as a long it. black duster, like you're going yeah, to play poker Yeah, yeah they're, they're, then... they're more of a Brandon Lee from the Crow type trench coat yeah. going on there. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right, we should probably get started because uh, these ladies have a book club, apparently. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. We, how we spend our Sunday <laughs> afternoon. We also knit. I was yeah. going to say I that. Don't know, yeah. I don't know how to knit. I wish I did, though. I'm just kidding. So so uh, you knit like a, like a John Spartan in uh, Demolition Man. Have you, you've seen, have you seen Demolition Man? That's been a while. Alone? Yeah, there's a great scene. Just to prepare you guys, like, Mike's gonna bring up a bunch of fucking movies <laughs> that you either haven't seen or haven't seen in like 20 years, and he saw yesterday. So just be ready for that. <laughs> I have to deal got with it, it on a date. I like do a, that too. That's fine. Liz's yeah. want to. I was I was only bringing up Demolition Man because you're talking about Betsy. You're talking about knitting, and uh, whenever I think of that, I, th- I think of a hilarious scene in that film. Yeah, where it, Stallone's character is talking about. How Simon Phoenix is, uh, has been trained to do all of these like crazy killing stuff, and he's been trained to do knitting. So he's all Betsy fucking Ross. <laughs> yeah, I it's think a great. He... It's a great moment in American cinema. <laughs> I think 
everyone remembers that, surely. Uh-huh. Your your yep. special power, Mike, if you were on Demolition Man, is to recall movies, just pull the details <laughs> out your ass at random. Because I can't remember, like, what I had for breakfast yesterday, and you're, like, recalling all... Anyway, um, so I guess this is going to be... Uh, this is going to be our, I guess, episode. You can use it for your episode, too, if you want. Uh, I'm going to say Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries at the beginning. Uh, we do a little bit of small talk. Yeah. No, we yeah. just gonna go okay. straight into yeah, it. Yeah, we get into the segments. Oh, what what order do we want to go in here? Uh, let's do, we should probably do a general weigh in first, just in case, like, say they have to leave or something. If they get a time thing and they have to leave, we can... We have about an hour. Okay. So if you okay. keep if you keep an eye on the clock, we could go a little over. Okay. Hour okay. hour fifteen at max. Will the book club pause if you come in late and everyone will look at you, like oh? Well, my. it's my book club. I run the shit. So oh, you I run can, the I club. can do whatever I want. Okay, damn. All so, right. <laughs> it's a dictatorship. Yeah, she rules club. it with an iron fist. Damn. So yeah, we we can do what we want. All right, cool, man. Dealing with some some bosses. <laughs> you the boss. All right. Uh, no, episode seventy-one. So tons of fun in the sun. And I'm gonna... do you want to do the General Wayne in then uh, armored car murders yes. and end with orange sock? Yes. Okay. That's that's what I'm feeling. Um, I guess when we read, well, okay, we'll. I guess we'll read off these uh, wikias here, and um... I, I'll take I'll take the armored car murders thing because it's shorter. <laughs> yeah, because I've always wanted to talk about it anyway. We but normally... really, the orange sock murders is great too. It's just if if I wasn't dealing with this stupid cold, then I, I'd probably be able to, to take the longer one. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah. We got it. Um, yeah, you got actually. Uh, if you guys want to like read off the general Wayne in, since that was y'all's pick, if you sure, guys, yeah, you can do that. All right, and then all. Liz also knows some some updates for that one. Yeah, there was something, the case, there was a murder case that was featured on, on uh, America's Most Wanted. And Forensic at Files. At the win. Yep. Yeah, at the end. At yep. the win. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll do the uh, orange yeah, sack. talk right now. As you ladies might call it, the orange sack murders. <laughs> that is how we'll pronounce it. Yes, that is exactly how I talk. Sack. That's exactly how I talk. I can tell you've been listening carefully. I uh-huh. have. <laughs> Well, I could be all, all right. like this. Anyway, all right. 